Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go, baby. Friday, hour number two, live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you for making us part of your day. A lot of choices out there. Woo! A lot of fun. Spicy last night. Tonight, I don't know if I can handle the drama I got ADs banged up, Wiggins is banged up. Whoever has the toughness and fortitude, I'll make a prediction. Whoever plays better hurt, AD or Wiggins, that team wins the game. Because I know what I'm getting from everybody else. The role players for the Lakers will play better tonight. Rui and Vanderbilt, they're going to play better. Lonnie Walker, the role players for the Warriors, Peyton Poole, will not play as good. I'm going to guess that Draymond and Steph are good, that, you know, LeBron and D'Lo are good, and so it's going to come down. Of the two injured stars, Wiggins and AD, both have a history of a little soft. Which injured player can endure the pain and bring their A game? Okay. I don't know the answer. I give you one number. Give me a number. Game six in his career. Oh, boy. Clay Thompson. 46% 46% on threes in game six. That, that's in his just career. coincidence. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Game six is like crunch time. It's like, are you sh- put up or shut up? You ready? Game six, Clay. So you you have been banging on Clay. I have three games of a, a putrid basketball. Putrid. He shows up tonight. Lakers are in trouble. I, you just don't know who's going to show up. Now, for player prop guessing, let's say AD's minutes have to be reduced by like eight or nine minutes. So he plays 31 uh, instead of 38, 39. Who's getting those minutes, and that's who you want to bet prop-wise. I don't think it'll be Wenyan Gabriel, the backup center. I like him, but it's not going to be Jared him. Jared Vanderbilt, more big mitt in the— His minutes uh, have been reduced. There's talk that he may be out of the starting lineup tonight. I would look at Rui Hachimura. I think he could be— He's, he's rested. He's not playing heavy minutes. He's a mobile big. He can hit threes, facing the court. I would, I would look at Rui Hachimura. So you have AD playing about 30 minutes, not 39. I don't know the status of him, honestly. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think they can beat. So if Clay plays well and Steph and Draymond, that gives them a fighting chance. 
But what wins on the road is Andrew Wiggins giving you what he just gave you. I don't think yeah. so. I don't. He's got the story. He's got cartilage issue because because of that uh, outrageously uh, you know, push shove from LeBron while in midair. But I had two years ago a cartilage injury hurts like hell. Was that from skiing? Yeah, and that was six weeks into it. Hurts. You can't move your arms above your shoulders. You're stretching it. Stings. Now, obviously, I'm not a pro athlete, but he's like two days. If he's in that kind of pain, he's well, not going to shoot. Can't you just the... get a cortisone shot and that takes care of it? I don't think. I don't know if it takes care of it. What about these NFL players who well, got it out a, through all these a, injuries? Different ball game. Tortorol, tor- <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. The, 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 you just shoot him up with it and you t- tough it out? All right. So that's my, my prediction tonight. A.D. or Wiggins. I just want a good game. Both hurt. Whoever plays better of the two injured players wins the game. And now, you what, want a game seven on Sunday too, right? So bad. So what is the line? Lakers favored by two and a half to three. Uh, I got to call see. it up. Because nobody knows how much A.D. is going to play. So, it's, so as of right now, Lakers are two and a half, but it has moved to three yes. at two plate. Ooh. We said it. I we, wonder. So there's some respected shops that take bigger bets from, from gamblers. And it's at three at two of those spots. So does that mean that those well, guys have information on Andrew Wiggins? Has he looked not good at practice? He's like not 50%. Does somebody know well, something? You and I said two days ago it was two and a half, and I said it'll move to three and a half if AD, if everybody feels like he's in. Now you throw in the Wiggins. The Wiggins. So my guess is this thing's going to move up another half point. Three, who would you take? If I, I don't think I'm going to bet a side. I'm rooting Warriors here a little bit because I want a game seven. Same here. Um, I mean, last night, God, we're going to get game seven Celtic Sixers Sunday afternoon, I mean, at least West Coast time, and then potentially yeah. a game seven Laker. That Sunday will be one. That's as good as the NBA gets. We would have got a game seven from Phoenix, but Kevin Durant oh. pooped his pants on national television in the first half, and that's a wrap. At home, no less. That's facts. He was one for ten to start the game. Let's, let's. He pulled a James Harden. I'm sorry, Jim Harden. That's how good Durant was in the first half. <laughs> Jim. Don't call him James. He looked like Jim out there. Okay, so can I do more NFL schedule stuff? Let's get back to our senses. So there's some teams I've said. I think Jordan Love and Justin Fields got very favorable schedules. Jets, brutal. Dolphins, favorable. Chiefs, brutal. Jags, favorable. So I think both Dallas and Baltimore got favorable schedules. What do they have in common? New coordinator, new receivers for the Ravens. Cowboys have a new receiver. And Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. So what don't you want to happen with Baltimore or Dallas? A turbulent start. The Wolves come out. So Dallas gets very lucky here. End of the year, they got to face Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. That is a gauntlet of high-powered offenses. But early in the season, as Mike McCarthy, who's taken over the play-calling duties, Brandon Cooks trying to work him in, Tony Pollard off an injury, they face Aaron Rodgers at home week two. Uh, A month later, they face on the road, might as well be a home game against the Chargers. Schedule toughens up then. But Dallas got a break. First six weeks, two elite quarterbacks, one at home, and the one at home, Aaron, is on a short week. Always a disadvantage. 
A quarterback goes on the road, short week, advantage Dak Prescott. Aaron's working with new receivers, new system, new environment, short week in Dallas. So it's not a gauntlet until December when you've worked out the kinks potentially. So I look at this and I think Dallas got a little break. Mike McCarthy calling plays, work out the kinks, get Brandon Cook's live games up to speed. You get Aaron on a short week at home. You don't get Aaron later off a bye. You don't get Aaron when he's got it humming in October. You get Aaron in week two. He's not going to play in the preseason. You're not giving Aaron a lot of preseason snaps. It'll be the second time Aaron opens up. Bills Monday night. Short week. Jet. I like Dallas. Now, Baltimore, similarly. Baltimore's got a new O.C., They've got two new receivers, one a rookie, one OBJ. Look at Baltimore's early schedule. Now, they're in a division where you got Joe Burrow, right, a couple times, and oh, you got Deshaun Watson a couple times. No. From September 10th, their opener, to the end of October, they face two rookie quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, we presume, in Houston, right, That Houston, and then they face the Colts, and it could be Anthony Richardson. So they could potentially face two rookie quarterbacks, Arizona's backup quarterback. That's a break. No Kyler, the backup. Young Kenny Pickett, they get him early October. And in Tennessee, by October 15th, you may get Will Levis if they're not happy with Ryan Tannehill. Because we all know Will Levis is going to get a shot as a second-round pick to play at some point. So if you look at this, Dallas... New play caller, new offensive pieces, Tony Pollard off an injury, Zeke gone. Get Aaron on a short week. Get a little breaks in the schedule to work out the kinks. Baltimore's got new faces, new coordinator, OBJ, Zay Flowers. A lot of young quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. Lamar can slowly work into it. So Dak and Lamar shouldn't be in a lot of shootouts with new play callers. I think it's an advantage for both the Cowboys and the Ravens. J-Mac, you're looking at me. What do you got? So that Ravens schedule is interesting. It said week six versus Titans in London. Did you see who they play right before that? Pittsburgh Steelers, a heated rival. Historically, after the week after the Steelers, the Ravens are beat up. You know, they put everything into that game. You see that week five game? It's an exhausting game against Pittsburgh, the rival. Then they've got to go to London to face Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and that tough running game. Then, no bye week, and you come back and face Detroit. I know it's at home. That's a tougher stretch than it may appear on the oh, surface. That's interesting. Yeah, those 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 AFC North games, those Steeler-Raven games, it's like playing the Niners. You're not the same team. Exactly. The next Teams that faced the Niners last year were 0-16 the following yeah. week. That is not a coincidence. Those are black and blue games. Well, what are they called? The, uh, Norris, uh, yeah. Chris Berman had a funny nickname for it, like yeah. the Norris division. But um, even like leading, even after that, like I know they play Arizona. That's a W. But Seattle's going to be good. You Cleveland know has a 9.5 win total. The Bengals are maybe the second best team in the league. It's hard. And the Chargers are really good. So that's a, that's a late buy to have, too. I don't know, man. That's a tougher schedule than it appears. Although, you know, they get the win with Stroud at the top. I don't think it's that much of a layup, man. Got to go West Coast to San Francisco after flying down to Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm out on the Ravens this year. Out? Out, yeah. No playoffs. We had a very noisy, very noisy offseason. New offensive coordinator. Last year, the Packers had a very noisy offseason. So did Arizona. We've said this, the noisy offseason's bad. Almost always bad. 
That People would, get distracted. What Arizona. Would you say the Jets off season is a murmur? <laughs> Little noisy. Not not now. In fairness, they just had to wrap up a trade. So that, let's not bury the Jets. That's not really a Jets issue. Fair enough. It was a let's get comp. So I don't I don't consider the Jets offseason noisy. I considered Green Bay's noisy, which is why, to Green Bay's credit, when Aaron came back from the retreat, they're like, get the hell out of this nonsense. So the minute he came out of the retreat and Aaron's like, I'm shocked they got rid. They saw what was happening. Is mm. this Aaron thing was taking over the franchise, and Green Bay said, you know what? We've made a choice. Get him out of here. So you got to give Green Bay credit. For the second straight year, their offseason was really noisy, and they said, nope, we're done. So, so you got to give they, they didn't, you got to give them credit. Green Bay did a nice job to cut it off. Let's move on. And, and I don't blame the Jets for the noise. They were just trying to get compensation. You're giving Gutekunst uh, a lot of credit. I said earlier this week, I think he's on the chopping block. If they win five games, He's done a very good job. Where? With, with Jordan Love? Drafting Jordan Love? So you're going to... All those hits on all those picks. What hits? They, they, they just missed the, the playoffs. Last time, less, tell me the last time the Packers... I can give you one bust pick. Amari Rodgers, third round receiver out of Clemson, has not played. Accurate. That's a whiff. What about trading up for Jordan Love? When they're in the midst can of we, being the number one seed well, in the NFC like two or three years in a row wait with the MVP. Can I, watch, can I watch him play? A lot of people didn't know your talent until Uncle Colin gave you a shot. <laughs> all right, fair yeah. enough. Okay. You guys are all making judgment. I'm, I'm a, as a You want to give him a chance. Uh, how about this? By Halloween, we're not going to be talking about Jordan Love and the Packers on the show a lot. No, I said it's not a good it's team. It's that Raider game. That Raider game, that's game six. Is Jimmy Garoppolo playing, or is he going to be already injured out for the season? Again, you're full of it today. you got a lot of vinegar and sauce going on today. (laughs) Sauce. Sauce Gardner. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Uh, AD, I just read a story. AD is feeling great. Darvin Ham says, fantastic. You can't rely on LeBron. LeBron James has not had a 30-point playoff game since game five in 2020. So LeBron's not giving you 30. That's not what he is. LeBron can be efficient, give you 23 points. That's fine. That's great. But when LeBron goes off now, it's 23 points and efficiency. He's not giving you 30 and dominating defensively. So it's got to be AD. AD is healthy. We're not sure Wiggins is. Advantage Lakers. My guess is Lakers win tonight. And the dynasty is over. I'm not sure if I can take it. I may just go out for dinner. I, can, I don't know if I can take it. It's, I've had so much joy. The Warriors are so aesthetically pleasing and so much fun. And the you know, I got nothing. I'm not anti-Laker. I'm pro. You know, I, I live in Los Angeles. I know people that have worked there. I like the Lakers. But it's like when the when the Patriots dynasty ended, I was okay with it because I I thought they squeezed every last ounce out of it. Like Brady was getting older. Steph is still unbelievable at 35 years old. It's just nobody can help him. And so I feel like, uh, let's reboot it. Let's go aggressive. Let's do something. And they've been so good for the sport. I didn't think the Patriots dominating was great for the sport. I don't think Alabama dominating for years was great for the sport. It's a boring dynasty. USC was not a boring dynasty. The Miami Hurricanes was not a boring dynasty. The Spurs were a boring dynasty. Not all dynasties are boring. When the Yankees, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was a fun dynasty. That was stars and egos, Joe Torre, and a, that was great. USC, great. You know, I remember when the Big East dominated and it was Georgetown Hoyas and everybody hated Georgetown. That was great for college basketball. Like, I like dynasties, but they're not all the same. Shaq and Kobe, great for basketball. Spurs, boring. Ratings went down. Warriors, great for basketball. Fun, aesthetically pleasing, flashy, cocky, great for basketball. So I, I, for that to end, I don't have a problem with the Lakers winning. But I've said before, I like drama, and drama comes in two servings. Tire fires, implosion, Brooklyn Nets falling apart, or uh, explosion of great dynasties that are just artistic and beautiful and fun. The Patriots just they were never that talented. They were just more efficient and smarter than everybody. I didn't think they were that much fun. Dan Marino's Dolphins were fun, never a dynasty. Elway's Broncos were fun. Joe Montana's Niners were fun. There have been fun teams. You know, Ray Lewis, Dilfer, the Ravens, they weren't any fun. <laughs> it was just, it was all defense. So it's, it's a bummer. I, I, I like, this has made basketball, I mean, the ratings show you in America, people love, not like, they love this Warrior team. They love them in the Bay. They like them everywhere else. Oh, by the way, I'm going to defend KD. So, Phoenix, it was very clear because they had to make a big move and give away Mikhail Bridges and a bunch of stuff to get KD. So Phoenix was going to be thin. I thought they would still get to the Western Conference Finals, get to the Finals. But then Chris Paul got hurt. Now Aiton's banged up. So I had said a couple days ago, after they narrowly won two home games to tie it at two, they're going to go to Denver and lose, come back home and lose. So this was not a shock to me. They got nothing from their bench. If you want to blame KD, you go ahead. But... His number one asset has always been he is the best plug-and-play player in the world. 
You do not have to build your offense around KD like you do LeBron or Luka. Get ready to not touch the ball much. Or Steph Curry. You have to change your... It took the Warriors took the Warriors a while to figure out Steph. Even with D-Wade and Bosh, it took like 17 to 20 games for the Heat and Eric Spolster to figure out that offense. Dallas still can't figure out who gets along with Luka. But KD's greatest asset is that you can put him anywhere in the world and after two practices, he'll average 27 a game. He does not dominate the ball. He does not change your offense. He just makes it better. But unlike a Steph or a LeBron or a Magic Johnson, he's not going to necessarily elevate others. But you don't have to build the offense around him. So don't compare him to LeBron. They're two totally different games. I've always laughed at the, the, the LeBron-Michael Jordan comparisons. LeBron's much more Magic Johnson, but a better athlete and a better scorer. Kevin Durant, at what he does, is the best in the world. He is the best plug-and-play shot maker, arguably in basketball history. You don't have to change anything. You can give him the ball late in the shot clock. He played with Westbrook, and it worked. He played with Clay or Stephen Clay, two volume shooters, and it worked. He works with everybody. He played with Harden and Kyrie, and they were winning games. <laughs> okay, he works with everybody because he doesn't change your offense. He doesn't necessarily elevate others, although he elevates your team. So when the so when this thing melts down, he can't make Chris Paul younger. He can't make DeAndre Ayton more versatile. He can't make Booker a better defender. Kevin Durant delivered on what he does. You bring him in, get me 27 points tomorrow night. That's what he does. That is his skill. Okay? Writers are writers. They're rarely great on TV or radio. But if you're a great writer, you're a great writer. That's what you are. Great golfers are rarely great athletes. They're great golfers. That's what they do. It is hard to be great at one thing in the world. Michael Jordan tried baseball, didn't work. Randy Moss tried hoops, didn't work. Kevin Durant's game, drop him in any team. It could be here, AAU, international. Look, 27 the next game. Two practices, put him in. A dream team, Suns, dysfunctional Brooklyn, play with Westbrook, play with Clay and Steph, doesn't matter. Two practices, boom, works instantly. But we, you, you can't ask him to, cha to change Phoenix. He'll just make Phoenix a better version of Phoenix. Here's KD after. Yeah, it sucked. It was bad feeling. It was embarrassing. <clears throat> they came out and hit us in the mouth. We couldn't recover. If I provide context, it'll just be looked at as an excuse. We just got to be better next year. KD, one guy on this show has your back. J-Mac with the news. <laughs> no, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. You know, that's one of the problems with some of these sports debates. It's like, if you're even a hint of criticism, you're a hater. You don't like him. I know. I, I'm I doing that think, to be obnoxious. I honestly think some of the comments that KD was making about Jokic were sending a message to Shaq preemptively. You know, Shaq does that show on TNT, mm. and I think he was like... Yeah, this is one of the best big men of all time. Because Shaq, all Shaq and Barkley do is bag on Durant. Because he's jumping around trying to win titles. I think this was a, a subtle jab 
at Shaq. Yesterday, you told me Shaq would stuff Jokic in a locker, didn't you? Uh, something along those lines. Shaq, in his prime, was the single most dominant force on a basketball court I've ever seen. I don't doubt that, but I think the Shaq-Jokic in their primes would be a fun battle. Jokic would pull him away from the hoop. Because Listen, Shaq was defending the hoop awesome, inside beast. But you got to pull him away from the hoop and put him in pick and roll. Dude. Like Anthony Davis defending Curry on the perimeter is one oh. thing. I have a refrigerator that defends better than Jokic. Oh, my goodness. Shaq would score 48. <laughs> <laughs> and Jokic would have 32, 15, and 12. He and the Nuggets might win. They might. He is great. <laughs> All right, let's start with the Sixers. That game six loss. That's a good refrigerator line. Sixers, they lost 95-86 to the Celtics. Boston closed the game on a 14-3 run. Wow. Forced game seven. Listen, Jason Tatum, my guy, Jason Tatum, outscored the Celtics by himself in the fourth. He had 14. <laughs> I know, he was they great. They had 13. He was great. He was unbelievable in the fourth. Uh, here's what Joel Embiid had to say about the team's readiness for a win-or-go-home matchup in Boston. We know what we got to do. Uh, we've, you know, we've gone on the world. We've, we've won. Uh, it's not going to be easy in that environment, but, uh, you know, same thing. You know, we got a good start, uh, better than we were tonight. And uh, everybody has to step up, uh, starting with me. Uh, you know, I got to, you know, be, you know, be, I guess I got to be more aggressive and, you know, uh, as far as, you know, shooting and, you know, making sure I get, you know, my teammates open looks. And, uh, and you know, everybody else has to do their job and everybody has to show up. Game seven in Boston. J-Mac, what is the line? I'm seeing uh, seven. Boston favored by seven. Yeah, I think, seven and a half at a couple spots. Oh, I may take Philly, but I think Boston wins. That's a lot of points. It feels like a very close game or a 25-point result, Well, what right? they're saying, listen, I don't trust Boston in close games, although I took them by four to five last night. That's almost that's almost like doubting their well, manhood. That uh, seven and a well, half is a rout. Let's give you a number here. Doc Rivers. I know. Close out games. Yeah, I know. But I don't like 17 Bob. wins and 32 losses. Okay, but I don't love. I, I was watching this last night. This is my interpretation. Why isn't Boston as good defensively as last year? They're not. They're not, but the uh, Missoula changed it last night and put Robert Williams back in the starting lineup. I saw that. And oh, by the way, Philadelphia scored their lowest point total of the season with Robert Williams playing t- heavy minutes, starting. They put him on P.J. Tucker, and they're like, we're not guarding P.J. Tucker. You can have all the threes you want. And Robert Williams was like shifting to the lane and shutting stuff down. Finally, Missoula did a good thing. Like, this is all about the chess matches among the coaches. And I thought Missoula, stroke a genius. I like to say coaches play eight and trust seven. No, the great Pat Riley line. Celtics only played seven guys last night. Grant Williams didn't get off the bench. This was like, hey, we got to ride our horses. I, I think I would take seven and a half, but Boston's going to win the game. I feel very strongly Boston will win. And then all the little fanboys and all, you know, well, Colin, what about the trade? I totally still feel the same way. Jason Tatum, that was great last night. I still do not love late in games Tatum and Brown together. That's why I trust Boston in blowouts. That line, if you're a Celtic fan, that line's great because it tells you the market thinks the Celtics are going to blow them out. I never worry about the Celtics in blowout. They're like Mike Tyson. They are a lot of first-round knockouts. I worry about Jalen Brown and Tatum in close games. Yeah. So I don't think Game Seven's going to be close. So my my my, the time to beat Boston was last night 
when Tatum was awful in the first half and the Sixers trailed by seven and a half yeah. after Tatum had his worst half as a pro. The Sixers were leading, I think, by four, like third, fourth quarter. Like, they had chances. Open looks for Harden, Maxi, Tucker. Like, a lot of threes just, they missed. You know what? It's interesting. I said this about the Warriors. The Warriors are getting great looks in this series. They're just not hitting them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they're just not. Clay Thompson's getting great looks. He's not hitting them. Wiggins is getting great looks. Hit the shots. Easier said than done, my friend. Uh, all right, let's go to flopping, which has been a big talking point in this Lakers-Warriors series. Both sides really riding the ref. Steve Kerr uh, made accusations after games four and five. Darvin Ham has spoken. And LeBron is now speaking about flopping. Here we go. I just know that we, uh, uh, you know, our coaching staff and us players, we don't we don't work on flopping. We don't, that's not even a part of our game. Our, our game is to attack, attack the paint. Um, we don't mind physical contact. We actually like the contact, um, and we don't shy away from it. So um, we're just not a, a, a team that um, you know goes out there looking for 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 you know for flopping opportunities. It's just not us. It's never been. It's actually never been in any team that I played on in my 20 years where we've been a flopping team. Well, that Miami team could be a little flippy floppy. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is a flop king. Here's yeah. an awesome moment on the gram. I know everybody follows me, obviously, but do you follow Jermichael Green? He is basically mocking LeBron James. You see the blue cap? That means why you lying. Um, it does. It does. That's <laughs> you know my sixth grader is always like, Dad, stop capping. You know why? You know. Is that what capping means? Cap means you're lying. Yeah. Capping means you're lying. So he's saying LeBron's lying about flopping. And listen, let's be honest. Dennis Schroeder. Well, he, we talked about it earlier. He's a flop. Schroeder is German for flop. And that's all he does. By there the was way, a drive to the lane. And, like, he loses the ball. And then he's like, ah! Like, he gets shot. Okay, can, can I just say this? What is wrong with manipulation? Coaches do it. Why can't... By the way... NFL wide receivers do it all the all time. All the time. time. Quarterback idea, Tom Brady. Oh, I got hit. By the way, Draymond Green's one of the toughest guys in the league. He's constantly taking charges. And then do you go and be a little dramatic? Of course you do. Soccer players when, sell it all the time. When you go, if you're a if you're a lawyer, what do they always say? If you're a lawyer and you have the facts, you pound the facts. If you don't have the facts on your side, you pound the table. <laughs> okay, so that's the uh, lawyers do it. I've had bosses do it. I have no problem with a guy sitting in front of a body and moving backwards. We're all theatrical. Don't you don't you have different conversations with your wife? Mother's Day is coming up. The voice changes. You're softer and sweet. Mm. Just all the art of... Um, yeah, the art of manipulation. Uh, or you, massaging yeah. messages. The art of the deal. Politicians just standing up there and lying. And well, their you teeth. don't lie, but you can, you can massage a message. And that's all it is as a pro athlete. You're, you're getting a little dramatic to accentuate it so a ref doesn't miss it. Also fair. Final story. Let's go back to the NFL. The Niners and their quarterback carousel this season. By the way, Niners schedule a little tougher than anticipated. I know we didn't get to it yet, but uh, they got Brock Purdy coming back from injury. Trey Lance, who knows what's going on with that guy. And Sam Darnold, who's hanging out at Warriors games with uh, George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Shanahan believes all three quarterbacks are capable of leading the Niners. Here's what he said. I do believe we have three QBs talent-wise who are all capable of being franchise-like quarterbacks. We did expect Trey Lance to be the guy, and I think he can still be it. You also don't expect the last pick in the draft to come in and play at that level. He missed that op, and Brock came in and did. I truly think Trey can go in and do all that, but Brock's already done it. 
Come and that's on. a very good thing they're, for us to have. They're moving Trey Lance the first chance they get. They moved Garoppolo the first chance, and they're going to move Trey Lance. It's okay. They've made their bet on Purdy because they don't have to pay him a nickel. And on Sam Darnold, because they're not paying him much. And he's a better version of Trey Lance, which is doesn't throw a beautiful ball, but he's kind of big and physical, can move the chain. So I think they've made their bet. There's no reason to bring Darnold in if you trust Trey Lance. Yeah, Darnold way, is you, an older version of Trey Lance. The, uh, the schedule for San Fran, they open at Pittsburgh. Never easy, right? Then they go back to the West Coast to face the Rams. I don't know if the Rams are going to be good this year. You, they are going to be better. Oh my! In fact, I didn't even do that because I didn't want to be a West Coast homer. They're over under six and a half. Go bet the Jags over and the Rams over. They face a lot of average quarterbacks. So, well, then the Niners, Giants, Cardinals, those could be two layups. So there's a chance three and one, four and oh start, but it gets considerably tougher. And we don't know what the quarterback situation is. So it's tough for me. Are they the number one seed, a contender for the number one seed in the NFC? Yes. Without a quarterback. Well, they'll have That's one. That's what makes it they'll tough. Have a, they're not playing Wildcat. They'll have a quarterback. Well, if it's Sam Darnold, they're not going to be the number one seed. Oh, we okay. like Darnold, but come on. Throw that shade. You'll regret it. You think they could be the number one seed with Sam Darnold starting 17 games? Yep. Get out of town. No, you don't believe that. I do. I'm America's honesty broker. Nothing but straight facts out of this. Well, that happens. Pie hole. My goodness. I'm not shaving anything in the side of my head. Okay. But, uh. All right. Oof. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome in. One of my favorite people, Eric Mangini, the former Jets coach, is stopping by today. So I said the NFL tends to front-load schedules knowing that TV ratings in September, because the weather's great in America... Uh, people are outside doing things on the weekend. They want to get them back to TVs, so they front load the schedule. And then people naturally, organically, in November, December, January, when the weather stinks, they come back in and the ratings go up. So they try to kind of generate some, you know, some interesting stories. But I did think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, New York, Aaron polarizing i looked at that schedule like god can you make it harder it's josh allen short week against dak belichick mahomes sean payton in denver in the altitude back home and i thought eric i'm not saying schedules make a bad team good that ain't great that's tough is it not well, it is tough because, look, arguably the two worst teams are New England and, and Denver, but they haven't beaten New England in seven years, and Denver with Sean Payton, who knows what that's going to be like. So it's rough, but here, here's where it's great. Five out of those eight games are at home, and then one of their away games is against the Giants, and it comes after their bye week. So as hard as that is, they, they lucked out with the fact that there's, I mean, it's essentially six out of their first eight games are all home games. Now if you if you look at that versus what the Giants got dealt with, oh good lord. This is this looks like a this looks like an absolute gift. <laughs> yeah, the Giants you might as well just get on a plane now. I mean, they're going to be circling <laughs> America. Colin, how about the fact they have three games in 11 days and two of them are on the on the West Coast. They've got a Monday night game and then they then they go to Arizona, then they've got a Thursday night following that and and it's an unprecedented amount of, of way games to, to start the season. It's it's brutal. It's like it's like they made the schedulers angry in New York. <laughs> they made the playoffs and were so boring. The NFL was ticked <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> They're like that. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> we don't want Daniel Jones in the playoffs. <laughs> so I did say this though. You got to take the train, and we all do this. We've done well in our lives. We don't want to baby our kids, but we want them to have a better life than us. And I look at I, I look at Jordan Love, and I think <laughs> he gets. An offensive coach that's been there three years. They just went and got two good tight ends. He gets an emerging star receiver, better than average O-line. He learned for three years in a wonky division. And then I looked at their schedule yesterday, and I'm like, <laughs> and, and it's not exactly a gauntlet. Eric, I don't mean to be harsh, but when I look at this, you know, it's a lot of Desmond Ritters, and it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of <laughs> bad defenses from last year. My takeaway is, Eric, by week five, when that Raider game is over, I'm going to have a strong opinion on him. I'm not waiting for the season. This is not a guy that's coming fresh out of college. This is not a guy like Joe Burrow that's behind an offensive line that's Swiss cheese. I think we need to make a decision pretty quickly on on Jordan Love. Is That seems fair to me. It's it's 100% fair. You've had three years to learn behind 
a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You've been in the system. You know what it's like to be a pro. He, here's the thing that bothers me about, about Jordan Love is the, the contract extension or revision that he signed. To me, that screams that the team doesn't really have faith in him because because they want to they want to uh, minimize their downside and not even guarantee twenty million dollars next year, and then he doesn't have confidence in himself in, in the fact that he's going to take less money than he could if he if he bets on himself this year and then either gets the the uh, the franchise tag like you saw in New York and and hits it really big. It, that was that. That extension, I get how it works for the team, and I get it gives them some security, but it screams insecurity on both his part and on Green Bay's part. Philadelphia last year had a little bit of a layup. J-Mac, I remember preseason, said they're winning 12-13 games. Look at that schedule. And I was like, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, and then Jalen Hurts had a great year, but schedule matters. I look at the Eagles' schedule this year. That's a first-place schedule, uh, Eric. <laughs> what did you make of it? Yeah, look, I think I think the schedule's rough, and I think that a lot of people assume that they've got a pretty easy road back to the Super Bowl, but they've got a lot of things to overcome, Colin. They've got to overcome expectations. They've got to overcome what it's like to, to, to lose the Super Bowl and and then, you know, everybody getting used to, to dealing with being a successful team. Yeah. You and I have talked about that a thousand times. They've got two new coordinators. They've got a quarterback that just got a new deal, and we know quarterbacks on new deals tend to push things along. There are some major obstacles outside of this schedule, which is which is you know rough that they have to overcome. This is going to be a lot different season, I think, for the Eagles than what we saw last year. I mean, look at this, Eric. Keep that on the screen, guys. So week five at Stafford, week six at Aaron Rodgers, week seven, Mike McDaniel, Tua divisional games by at Mahomes, Josh Allen, Niners at Dak, Northwest at Seattle. Aaron, Eric, that's 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 a stretch. You're not going 7-8-0 in that stretch to me. No, you're not. Now, depending on what happens with, with the Giants, you know, those, those last three weeks, hopefully the Giants are, are strong and competitive and those are good games. But New York, Arizona, New York, who knows? Who knows how that could go? They may get a little bit of potential relief there. Yeah, but that that stretch, the Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, Seattle stretch. After thankfully they have the buy at you know leading into that. That's that's a pretty rough four games. Okay, Justin Fields, that's Chicago. Justin Fields, I'm sixty forty. It's gonna work. But now here's my take. They went and got him DJ Moore. So now he's got Claypool, Mooney, and DJ Moore. That's good enough. They got Tanya in the tight end. Cole Komet Tanya. That's good enough. That's legitimate. Not top of the league. It's not close to the bottom. Now their offensive line, PFF ranked at 14th. They went and got a right tackle in the draft. May have reached, but a good player. I'm kind of done with the excuses. I looked at their early schedule. Again, like Green Bay and Jordan Love, uh, you start looking at that schedule. Yes, they face Mahomes. That's a toughie. But I see a Jordan Love game, a Baker Mayfield game, a Sam Howell game, a Jimmy Garoppolo game. Later, I see a, a Bryce Young game. I don't know, Eric. That looks like to me there's a – I'll give you a loss to Herbert and Mahomes on the road. I'll give you that. And maybe Jared Goff. I think you got to win nine or ten games with that schedule. Yeah, you forgot they added Deontay Foreman from Carolina. I really like him. They added two linebackers that, that you know – 
should be significant on, on their defense. They've done a lot this offseason. He, here's what I love. I love that he went back to college and got his degree. I love that. And and you can do so many things in the offseason, but to choose to go back and, and finish something like that, to me, screams maturity. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, talk, we, we talk about it all the time with the quarterbacks where you look at them and you say they're not mature, they're not giving the team what, what you hope to. That to me is a, is a great a great sign. Now, how much he can progress as a true passer, how much he can stop relying on just his feet to, to solve problems, because he's got a bunch of guys that can help him solve problems if he'll just let them. Yeah. But I I love the the maturity aspect of it, and you know takes some anywhere close to the strides that Jalen Hurts took. Chicago should win a lot of games and make a lot of noise in that that division. How about the Detroit Lions opening? Against the Chiefs Thursday night Amazon. What do you make of that? I, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I, I looked at it and I thought every time that we were in New England after we won a Super Bowl, it was a team that we had either played and it was a, a close dramatic game and we opened with them. But now they're open with a team that didn't even make the playoffs. And, and I was wondering how often that happened. It's happened twice before, but it was both the Dallas Cowboys. So you get it. Okay, the Cowboys are always anointed. So you, and, and they've got a great TV audience. And, and I look, it was a feel good story. They beat the, they beat Green Bay at the end and knock Aaron Rodgers. I get all that, but it's, it's a little early to, to give them, to, to anoint them. I don't know. It just, it just seemed like a, a lot. It seemed like a lot. Also, and and I thought it was going to be a totally different opponent for, for Kansas City. To Sean start. McVay and Andy Reid in September. No fun. All they do in the offseason <laughs> is work on plays. Andy Reid off a bye and Andy Reid in September. And this one, you get both. Like, that's just not yeah. the, it's the last. I, whoever played that game was going to lose. I, this could be Detroit could be way over their skis on this one. Oh, boy. But yeah, the opening, the opening game is always rough. The opening game when the other team's lowering a banner from a Super Bowl. Oh, boy. I mean, that emotion is, that emotion is running so high. That it's, I mean, you should be really hard to beat at home for yeah. your Kansas City or Fox, any Super Bowl champ. Yep, Fox Sports, Eric Mangini. It is great seeing you as always. Great um, seeing you, Colin. All right, get out here to LA so I can buy a dinner. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. So Kansas City's unveiling the banners. They're feeling great, and here comes. De- it's almost like the league wants Detroit to be good, so they're gonna they gotta kind of push them into this game, and it's like. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Let's can we do baby steps? Mm. You have to give them the best franchise in the league. Can, can I give you a fun Jet stat? Because we didn't get enough Jet stuff to mention. Right. The Jets play ten games in their home stadium, so they have nine home games, and then they play the Giants in their own home stadium. Yeah. Ten of seventeen games at home. A lot of sleeping in your own bed for Aaron Rodgers. Not bad. Love it. Well, come on. Well, the, <laughs> everybody else plays at least eight or nine, so let's not go crazy. It's not like everybody's playing four. <laughs> MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.